The most holy night in history was the night Jesus was born. That was the night the light of heaven descended to earth to shine upon man's darkness and show him the way to God. You know, we sing songs about that night. Silent night, holy night. It came upon a midnight clear. Oh, holy night. Away in a manger. Special songs for that very special night. We sing because the angels sang to announce the birth of Jesus. The first Noel, the angel, did say, Born is the King of Israel. And one of my favorites that we just sang, Hark the herald angels sing, sang, Glory to the newborn King. Can you just imagine the songs of heaven coming to earth on that first Christmas night, celebrating the birth of the most important person who has ever been born on earth. These carols are not just heard in churches, but on the radio and television and in concert halls, because as much as Satan has tried to hide the real meaning of Christmas from the world, people everywhere still know that Christmas is the celebration of Jesus' birth. It is the story of heaven's light, the glory of God coming to live among men in the birth of a baby boy, and it is a story worth telling. So if you have your Bibles, look with me at the Christmas story again, Luke chapter 2. Luke 2, as I continue or as I conclude this series of messages on heaven's light. Luke chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, if you're able and willing, let's stand and read God's Word together. Let's look at the Christmas story together and honor God's Word. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were co- completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night, and behold... An angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying, which was told them concerning this child and all those who heard it, Marvel at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for your 
story. This is your story, and we praise you for it, that you have, in your great sovereign will, have put this story down for us to read. It's in a, it's in a book. We can open this Bible and we can read it anytime we want. We can hide it in our hearts. Your Word can be a, lot, a lamp unto our feet and a light into our path. And I want to thank you, Lord, for the light that Jesus brought to this world. Because if it had not been for Him, we would still, be, all of us, be in darkness. Thank you for heaven's light. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Now, the coming of heaven's light was not a secret. It was not unexpected or unannounced. As we've already seen in our study, long before Jesus was born, His birth was foretold. God, through the centuries, promised salvation through His Son. Heaven's light was and is a story to be told. I want you to notice with me, first of all, that the story of heaven's light was told by the prophets. God put it upon the hearts of great men who listened to His voice, and they wrote down for us the things we have in the Old Testament, all the hundreds of prophecies concerning the coming of Christ. Isaiah said, Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call His name Emmanuel. That means God with us. Isaiah went on to say, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The Old Testament prophet Micah, writing after Isaiah several centuries later, said, But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, Though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one, the one to be the ruler in Israel. The one, the last one to be the ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. Throughout the Old Testament, those prophets announced that God's Son would be born, that He would come, that God Himself would come to be with us in the birth of a baby boy born to a virgin in the little town of Bethlehem. That was hundreds of years earlier before the Bethlehem story we read in the New Testament. So to see that this promise would be fulfilled, that His Son would be born through a virgin in Bethlehem, God had a whole lot to work out, didn't He, through the century. And He did. He did. God made this promise happen. God worked out every detail to bring Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem. That's what we see in chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. It came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary his betrothed wife who was with child. So for about a half a century the Jews were captives of Rome. In fact the Roman Empire was huge and expanding, growing, filling the whole earth almost uh, or certainly in that known part of the world, eventually reaching all the way to what is now England. 
because the empire was growing so large, the emperor Octavian, called Caesar Augustus, ordered a registration, a census, probably for the purpose, purposes of taxing the people under his authority so that they could fund the rapid expansion of Rome. They could fund the military. And so, uh, so Octavian, or Caesar Augustus, ordered the census to take place. Now, Luke mentions it was uh, Quirinius was the governor or Roman procurator. Then that means that Quirinius was in charge of making sure the people in his area complied in Judea, complied with the census. Now, the Jews traveled to their ancestral home for the census, and from the genealogy we re- we've already read in Matthew, we know that Joseph was in the family line of King David. David, which was Israel's greatest second king and greatest king, was born in Bethlehem. And the Messiah, who would be in David's line, the last king of Israel, would be born in David's hometown of Bethlehem. So, the reason Mary and Joseph went to Bethlehem was to obey the census order. But ultimately, the reason Mary and Joseph went to Bethlehem was because God ordained it. God used even a pagan Roman emperor to fulfill his will. And friends, may I say to you that God can use anything or anybody to fulfill his will. The emperor didn't realize it, but he was following the plan of God for the birth of God's only begotten son. So the arrival of heaven's light was announced by the prophets. Secondly, the story of heaven's light was told by the angels. Now, we've already seen how angels announced the coming of Messiah to Mary and Joseph. First to Joseph in Matthew chapter 1. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Joseph was not only a good man, Joseph was a just man, which means he was a man with faith in God and wanted to do what was right in the eyes of a holy God. Joseph was legally betrothed to Mary. Betrothal was like her engagement, only it was a legally binding contract. And as such, and most of the time it was made before children were, when they were very young, sometimes even before they were born, between parents. But it was a legal contract. And the only way to break that betrothal contract was by a bill of a, a writ of divorce. Well, Joseph could have divorced Mary, especially when she became pregnant. He looked at her, he could have, he, you know, his first question could have been, uh, you know, who's the, who's the father, you see? But that's why God appeared to him through, in a dream through an angel and said, Joseph, don't worry about it. This is all part of God's plan. You're part of God's plan. Mary's part of God's plan. This baby is God's plan. It's God coming to earth. Joseph, this is not your son. This is God's son. You take Mary and you raise God's son 
as his earthly father. Wow, what a great responsibility, but what a great privilege that would be. Joseph, hearing the angel, hearing the voice of the Lord through that angel, he, he took Mary aside. He did not want to humiliate her. He knew that she would be ostracized by people. Even before they were married, if she became pregnant, people saw it. They would talk. They would look down on her and Joseph. So Joseph did what followed God's plan. What was God's plan? Get to Bethlehem. Leave Nazareth. Go to Bethlehem. God had told Joseph that he was going to bring heaven's light into the world and protect heaven's light. And that's what Joseph did. So, his, so Joseph carried his young bride 90 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem. 90 miles if you go around Samaria. Three days of travel, probably more for a pregnant girl until they arrived at their destination. And, and what about Mary? The Lord sent Gabriel to tell Mary the story of how she would bring heaven's light into the world. Luke 1, 26-33. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when Mary saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. And then the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Folks, there's no way any of us could really know how Mary felt when God told her that she, a young virgin, would birth the Son of God. Mary would actually conceive the Son of God within her own body. When Mary held baby Jesus and looked into his little face, she would see the face of God. Mary would experience God in a way no one had ever done before. Luke 2, 2 6 or 7. And so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. The birth of Jesus is exciting, but let me tell you, this birth was not only exciting, the birth of any baby is exciting. But the birth of Jesus was not just exciting. It was extraordinary. He glowed with the light of God. He was God's light. He was heaven's light. God spoke to the prophets through dreams and visions. God spoke to Mary and Joseph, each through an angel, to prepare them for His coming. But on that night when Jesus was born, the sky filled with angels as they announced the arrival of heaven's light to a group of shepherds. And then thirdly, the story of heaven's light was told by the shepherds. Now, shepherds were a common sight in Judea. And it is especially fitting that these shepherds were the first to hear the birth of the one who was to be Israel's divine shepherd. Verses 8 through 12. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to, to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. 
on a silent, peaceful night, an explosion of light pierced the darkness as an angel shone above them with God's glory. In one sentence, the angel announced the identity of this baby as Savior, Christ, and Lord. This little child, heaven's light, was the Savior who would die on the cross to pay for our sins, the sins of the whole world. He would be Christ or Messiah, the anointed one, the foretold one, who would come and be the shepherd of Israel. And He was, and he was the Lord, the Creator and Ruler of all things, who would one day come again with, with power and healing in His wings and take over the whole world and establish His kingdom. And He would have a name written on His garments that says, says King of kings and Lord of lords. The angel made it clear and personal. Unto you, unto each and every person, Jesus has come. And He is everything we need to live acceptably before God in this life and have eternity in heaven and the life to come. Yes, Jesus is that light that guides us through this life and all the way into heaven. And this would be the sign, the angel said. This is the sign for you to find Him. He's in Bethlehem. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in, man in a manger in Bethlehem. In an article called Wrapping Up Christmas, Sharon Janes wrote about how Mary swaddled Him and laid Him in a manger. And here's what she said. Swaddling a newborn was a common practice in those days. It made the child feel protected and secure. However, for the shepherds, it would have presented a foreshadowing of what was to come. When a lamb without blemish was born and selected as a temple sacrifice for Passover, its legs were wrapped or swaddled to keep it blemish-free. The shepherd would have found the Christ child wrapped just as a chosen lamb. Wow. God had a plan. And that plan was for your salvation because He loves you so much. He didn't have to do this. All that happened to Jesus, Him coming to God in the flesh, coming to the world, living among men, facing ridicule, dying on the cross in a horrible way, He didn't have to do it. He would not have done it except that He loved you that much. In a manger used for feeding lambs, the Lamb of God was born and laid. And heaven's light filled the lives of those who saw it. Verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. An angel preached the first Christmas message. I bring you good tidings of great joy for all people. One Greek word, euangelizomai, euangelizomai, from which we get our word evangel or evangelism. Euangelizomai, good news, good news. Also translated gospel. 
the sky filled with angels singing the gospel that Jesus had come, singing the first Christmas carol, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Through this little baby, heaven's light. In that little manger, God's light, His glory, His own being and presence had shone upon the darkness of man and would overcome it. In a book well over a century old titled, A 30,000 Thoughts, it says of Jesus, and I don't know who wrote it, it was just in this book, don't know the quote of the author, but it said this, Here is a man born and reared in obscurity with no advantages of education, without rank, wealth, or associates, hated by the leading men of his time, a man who died by the hands of the law and was buried by charity, and yet kings and emperors have been anointed in his name. The most gorgeous temples on the face of the earth have been consecrated to his worship. Millions upon millions believe there is eternal salvation through him, and there is no name in heaven or earth that is spoken with the same reverence as the name of Jesus. Through the prophets, angels, and shepherds, God announced His good news. The salvation had come through the birth of His Son on earth. Well, then finally, it's up to us. It's up to us to share heaven's light with our world. The, number four, the story of heaven's light must be told by those who have heard and believed in His coming. It's darker than ever, folks. I've never seen such a blatant rejection of God in such an open practice of immoral behavior. People are so confused today, confused about what is true, about what is right. They're even trying to confuse little children about whether they are boys or girls. I mean, it's a confusing day. And many people today don't believe there is a God or there is a certain right and wrong. We're living in a very dark day when people, many people, most people don't care anything about God. Have we gone so far from God that there is no hope? I don't know. I don't know how it could ever get any better because of how evil it is today. I don't see how the darkness could ever give way. But what I do know is that a baby has been born. We celebrate his birth at Christmas. He is heaven's light. And whoever will let him in will find the peace, love, presence, and light of God living inside him. And no matter how dark the day gets, whosoever will call upon the Lord Jesus will be saved. Amen? Now, I, found, I have found that joy. Have you? I have believed the story of heaven's light. He has come to live in me, and that's why I want others to know about my Savior. I believe Jesus is the only hope for this world. And I know from experience that He is the most wonderful part of life. Isaiah called Him Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. But I know Him as my Wonderful Counselor, my Mighty God, my Everlasting Heavenly Father, my Prince of Peace. Jesus is the light who not only can pierce the darkness of sin around us, and change the world. He can fill our lives with hope, joy, peace, love, and eternal life. He can bring light in a life of darkness. And that's why we who have found Him by faith should tell our world of Jesus so that those who desperately need hope might find and be filled with heaven's light. The Apostle Paul, who loved Jesus with all his heart, who gave up everything in this life to share the good news of Jesus with his world. Paul saw sharing the love of heaven's light, the the story of heaven's light, the most important thing he could ever do in this life. He said in 2 Corinthians 4, We, for we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus 
the Lord. And ourselves, we see as servants, bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts, so that we could give you the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The good news that Jesus has come is news to be told. The story of heaven's light is a story to be told and the light of Jesus within us is a light that should be given away because that's the only way it can make a difference in the world when someone else catches that flame. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Would you read that last verse with me? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. History records for us an interesting footnote. It was during the dark winter of 1864 at Petersburg, Virginia. The Confederate Army of Robert E. Lee faced the Union divisions of Ulysses S. Grant. The war was now three and a half years old, and the glorious charge had long since given way to the muck and mud of trench warfare. Late one evening, one of Lee's generals... Major General George Pickett received word that his wife had just given birth to a beautiful baby boy. Well, up and down the line, the Southerners began building huge bonfires in celebration of the birth of that baby. These fires did not go unnoticed in the northern camps, and soon a nervous General Grant sent out a reconnaissance patrol to see what was going on. The scouts returned with a message that Pickett had had a son, and these were celebratory fires. And it so happened that Pickett had been and they knew one another very well. So to honor the occasion, General Grant, too, ordered bonfires built along the northern line. What a peculiar night it was. For miles on both sides of the lines, fires burned, like glowed. No shots were fired, no yelling back and forth, no war fought, only light, celebrating the birth of a child. But it didn't last forever. The, soon the fires burned down, and once again the darkness took over, and it was the darkness of night and the darkness of war. The good news of Christmas is that in the midst of a great darkness, there came a light, and the darkness was not able to overcome the light. It was not just a temporary flicker of light. It was an eternal flame. We need to remember that. There are times in the events of the world and in the events of our own personal lives that we feel the light of the world might be snuffed out. But the Christmas story that we celebrate every year with all that we do to celebrate reminds us that no matter how dark the world becomes, there is still heaven's light, and that light still shines. And if we love Jesus, we need to let heaven's light shine in us and through us. Amen? Let's bow. So just today, the presents are going to be unwrapped today, and 
Soon the trees will be down and the decorations and the lights will go out. But how much of heaven's light will people still see in you? How much of what you say and do of your life story involves Jesus? We're, we're called to be a reflection of our Savior. Who do you reflect? Or what do you reflect? Are you reflecting pain, guilt, anger, frustration? Or are you reflecting the peace that Jesus gives? There's a lot of sad people today, a lot of hurting people. A lot of lonely people. Maybe they would have a reason to be bitter, but what about one whose life, they're all alone and they've lost everything, but they still have faith and hope. That's the kind of light Jesus wants to see in us. Mary had to lay Jesus in the manger because there was no room for Him in the Bethlehem Inn. How much room does Jesus have in your everyday life? What do you need to do so that His light can shine brighter in you and through you? Do you need to say to lay something aside, something that's unspiritual in your life? You need to commit more of yourself to Jesus in this coming year. Maybe you need to accept Him as your Savior. You can. You can pray, Dear Jesus, I've heard about You. I believe in You. Today I want to receive you into my life as my Savior. I want you to be the light of my life. I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. I believe you died on the cross and shed your blood to pay for me. I ask you to come into my life and be my Savior. I believe you're alive, Jesus. Today I open the door of my life and I ask you come in, Jesus, and fill me with your love and peace, and joy, and light. And help me, Jesus. Help me share your story through what I say and do with others so that they too can know your love and light and eternal life. Thank you, Jesus, for being my Savior. If you prayed that prayer, that's the greatest prayer you can pray. But this coming year, I want to encourage you to get in God's Word every and pray and let the light of Jesus and make it your, your aim for everyone, for every day for you to find someone you can just sow a seed of Jesus' love into their lives. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayers. Thank you for being with us in this very special day. We love you, Lord. As we sing our last song, Lord, we commit our lives to you. Help our light shine brighter even when Christmas is over. Help us live like heaven's light is real and shining brighter and brighter every day in us, Lord, so that we can reach this dark world, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Steve. Steve.